Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Welcome, 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 everyone. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl Podcast, aka the Mold Girl Podcast. Conversations are still happening from the heart. They're not happening from my home because it's full of mold. (laughs) Hi, everyone. How are we doing? Welcome. Welcome to the show. Man, oh man, oh man. I was sitting here just now (laughs) about to record, trying to remember where I recorded last week's episode, how I felt about last week's episode. Was I crying? What was I talking about? What was I saying? I can't, I can't remember. (laughs) Honestly, I'm in such a roller coaster right now. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I don't know how to articulate. Honestly, this situation that we're in right now, it is the strangest, most bizarre, most horrible and insane thing that that has ever, ever occurred to our family. And yet somehow I find myself in these moments of just feeling totally joyful. I find myself in moments feeling so grateful. Just now I'm, I'm, I'm just feeling really happy right now. I had a really beautiful moment with Leia making some arts and crap here in our family. We call it arts and crap instead of arts and craft. (laughs) And uh, she's made a little art gallery in this new rental we're at where she's hung all of her art and balloons and little Easter things. And it's just, it's funny how we're able to find normalcy in the midst of the most bizarre situation, you know, which kind of says, says a lot about, about the human spirit, I think, and our resiliency I've been thinking a lot about, you know, about coronavirus lately, how, how different everything is now compared to a year ago, you know, how we went from just paralyzing complete fear and panic and how are we going to live our lives and what's going to happen to some sort of normalcy, right? Where all of this, we've just adapted, you know, as human beings, we are so unbelievably adaptable. And that's something that I'm, I'm really experiencing now firsthand in our family in terms of how basically in 15 minutes we had to 
we had to leave our home um, after finding out that we had toxic mold or have toxic mold in the house. And it's almost been a month now. I mean, we're, we're getting to like the month mark. Yeah, we're, we've been to four different Airbnb slash rentals. Right now we're in a in a friend's house, actually, that he normally Airbnbs and he he's letting us stay here at a really good rate, which I'm also so grateful for. And in this like weird version of our lives, like we have this new kind of routine, you know, it's like life, life goes on, <laughs> even though we're in a crisis, I'm still recording the podcast every week, you know, it's, 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 it's wild, I think, how adaptable we are as people. So yeah, before we dive into this show, of course, I would love to have a moment for us to breathe. Maybe we can take a few breaths into our own resilience, you know, into our own flexibility, into our own ability to go with the flow and roll with the punches. Because I know that you are in your own life right now also going with the flow, you know. I am not alone in being in a crisis. I know, I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy to me how communal somehow and collective this sense of what the fuck is going on actually is. So many of you listening to this show, I mean, maybe you're not dealing with toxic mold and having to sort of evacuate your house and losing all of your belongings, but you're dealing with something that feels insane, that feels really wild, that feels like, man, your whole life is being, you know, turned upside down. It's, it's kind of intense like these days, you know. So I think we, we all need a moment just to feel into the body right now and just to ground and breathe. So how about today for this practice right now or for this moment before we go deeper into the podcast, we sit up really tall, you know, in honor of that place inside of us that really knows how to warrior through, you know, that part of you that's made it through really, really, really hard things in honor of that version of you. And, and they're in there. You know, <laughs> even if you can't access that version of you, like they're in there, Maybe, might be deep, might be hidden away, far away, might be really easy for you to access, but just trusting that inside of you, there is this unbelievable strength and power. So to access that place, we'll sit up a little bit taller. You can even lift your chest just a little bit more, almost exaggerate that a little bit. Imagine you're allowing yourself to sit up really proudly right now. So lift your heart, draw the shoulders back and down. If you can plant the soles of the feet down onto the floor right now, if you're sitting in a chair on a couch, just scooch to the edge of the couch so you can really ground your feet, uncrossing the legs. And then breathe right here. Long spine, feet planted firmly on the earth crown of the head rising and breathe we breathe in through the nose and we breathe out through the nose and we let the comfort of that rhythm that forever rhythm right of the breath in and the breath out we let that bring us a sense of stability right now no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what craziness you're dealing with right now, you have this ability to uncross your legs, firmly plant the soles of your feet onto the earth, and breathe deeply, just the way you are. You can do that. 
You can do that right now. You can do that standing in line at the grocery store while your toddler is having a meltdown. You can do it sitting in an Airbnb wondering what on earth is going to happen in your life. You can do that waiting to find out if bad news are coming or good news are coming. Wondering how to make ends meet. Wondering how to figure things out. You can do this. You can breathe here. You can breathe now. And really let that steadiness of the breath be reflected in your posture. So sitting up tall in this way, sitting up proudly in this way, really lifting your heart, puffing up your chest a little bit, sitting in this very steady, stable way. Like you're telling the world, I'm right here. And it's not in any way arrogant or, or cocky, like this kind of energy. It's just assertive you know, we can access that assertive place inside where we know we can make it through, right? Like a little bit of confidence. And I need that right now. I think you need that right now. So many of us, we have this little record going on repeat in the back of our heads telling us all the reasons as to why we cannot, why we are not successful enough, not strong enough, not resilient enough not rich enough, not pretty enough, not skinny enough, not whatever enough. You know, we have that record on repeat and so many moments in our day, we let that judgmental inner voice tell us those things and we barely even register. It's just normal. We tell ourselves we're small, we can't. All those things that we dream of, they're for other people, not for us, you know. So we can have these dedicated moments in our day where we change that record on purpose, where we plant those feet firmly on the ground and we remind ourselves that we are right here. And yeah, actually, we can. And how do we know that we can't? Well, we've made it through hard things before. Really reflect on that for a moment. How do you know that you can make it through a hard time in your life? Because you've done it before. I know you've done it before. I know I can make it through this hard time in my life because I've made it through hard things. I've made it through harder things before. You know, actually, like where I am right now, at least in this moment where I'm feeling fairly steady and grounded and I can really sense this breath supporting me, I can feel the truth in that, that yeah, I can. Hmm. And in that, that strength, right, if you tell yourself right now, you can tell yourself quietly in your, inside of yourself, just, yes, I can, I can do this. I can make it through. Yes, I can. You can say it out loud a few times. Even now, me just speaking these words to you, when I say that, yes, I can. I'm sitting here nodding my head. You know, I start smiling like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes we got to say it a few times, like speak up a little bit, use your voice a little bit. Yes, I can. This thing that I've deemed impossible, this thing that feels so unbelievably challenging. Hmm. Well, I can do it. Hmm. So we breathe into that. And with that strength, the beauty of it, 
you know, just by empowering ourselves a little bit through repeating those kinds of words or affirmations to ourselves. The beauty of that is by leaning into our own strength, we can actually soften. That's what I love about finding a really authentic place inside of ourselves to speak these kinds of truths, right? Because I don't have to warrior my way through life. I don't have to put on all this armor or walls that shut people out. You know, I don't have to do it all alone, but I can lean into that sense of strength inside of myself. And by remembering that, I can actually soften a little bit. You know, it's almost like, oh, actually it's safe for me to feel all of these feelings. It's safe for me to feel weak when I feel weak because I can remind myself that I'm also strong. Knowing that that strength is there, I can let my shoulders drop. I can place a hand to my heart. And if tears want to flow in those moments, I can let myself cry. I can let myself go into that place where, yes, I feel small. And yeah, I feel alone. And yeah, I wonder, I worry, you know, I'm anxious. I feel all of these things. And then suddenly it becomes safe for me to express that side of myself. Because I've reminded myself that at the depth of it all, I'm right here doing this right now. And I can do it. So just noticing inside of yourself right now, you know, what is moving, what you're feeling, what's triggered by listening to these words, you know, what emotion is present. And it's totally beautifully okay to move from feeling strong to feeling weak, you know, to go from feeling really soft and open to feeling totally rigid and closed. You're a human being. You're allowed to be more than one thing. You're allowed to go from one extreme and to the other. And sometimes all we need is that moment to be here with ourselves, to remind ourselves that, yeah, (laughs) I'm not alone, you know. And somewhere deep inside, I have the tools and I have the strength to make it through to the other side. So let's just take a deep, long breath in, full inhale. Let's open the mouth, open your arms out wide, and exhale. And stay like that for a moment. Feet planted on the ground, arms open wide, palms turned up to the sky. And just sense your own inner power. Feel it right here. Feel it in the tips of the fingers. Feel it in your arms. Feel it in your chest. Take another inhale. And this time, tilt your head back and exhale. You can bring your hands back to your lap or to your heart. Bring the breath back through the nose. You can blink the eyes open. Hmm. Hey. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wow. So yeah, this moment we just shared is a good reflection of how I feel, honestly, right in this moment. I have cried today, of course. Like every day I have a moment when I cry. So I guess one of the things that have changed since last week is... I can sort of begin to see the outlines of a game plan for our lives. If you are tuning in for the first time, which I don't know if you are, but if you are, just a little mini recap. We found out that we have toxic mold in our house. I've been sick on and off for a long time. And finding out that we have toxic mold in the house, we just left the house right away. Since then, we've had this magical mold dude that appeared out of the blue who did an inspection at the house and confirmed what this analytical like kind of lab test already told us which is that we have severe cases of mold and him you know showing up I shared it at last week's podcast how we were supposed to have this really expensive inspection come struggling trying to figure out how we're going to afford all of this and then out of the blue this mold dude shows up Gary I love Gary I love him so much he's not on social media and then I posted him on, on Instagram stories like briefly just like how much I appreciated him and then the next day he saw, sat with Dennis and he was like I heard I was a what was it he said I heard I was the main character in a movie on the internet <laughs> And I just love it so much. Like, ah, oh, wow. So him showing up out of the blue to do this full house inspection for us out of the kindness of his heart, right? And this is something that like I think about a lot and I'm also really wary around having a social media presence and like a big following online. Of course, I'm un like I'm next level privileged in that people often reach out because they want to do good things for me, but oftentimes because they want promotion, right? Which there's nothing bad in that. Like I get my fair share of like crappy companies who just look for influencers in different niches and different areas and they have no idea who I am. They don't care about me at all and they're just pushing like me to, to do ads for random things. Like that's one thing. I don't enjoy that. I never do that. Like I don't even respond to those emails. And then there's people who like have small businesses or who feel connected to something I'm sharing or people like in the community perhaps, you know, and of course want their businesses shared, but they also have like a really heartfelt service or product that they're offering that aligns with me, right? So oftentimes people will reach out with that. And then sometimes when I'm going through something hard, you know, and, and it comes out of the kindness of people's hearts, they're reaching out because they want to offer a solution, but also they really, they really want the marketing, right? And I struggle with that sometimes because sometimes it's hard for me to distinguish between like what's actual genuine kindness just from people's hearts, right? And what's kindness mixed up with, with, with social media marketing, right? Like they also really want to plug a product or something. And it's made me a little bit cynical in, in my past, I guess, just having had a lot of experiences where I thought someone was sharing something with me just out of love. And then afterwards they're like, so like, when are you going to, when are you going to post that, 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 that I gave you that organic lip balm, you know, stuff like that has happened a lot. 
which is like, I don't judge, like, you know, all of this is, all of this is normal. Everyone wants to grow their business. I've been on social media since 2012, so I'm really used to this, but I kind of hate that I'm, that I am a little bit cynical in that way. Like I have trust issues already. So sometimes, honestly, when I find something that I really love, like on my own, that I want to do, like a course I want to take or a product I really want to use or whatever, or, and I link up with a person, I'll oftentimes state in advance and say, I want to keep this private. Like, this is something just for me. Like, I don't want to talk about this in social media. So please don't ask. Like, I just want to be a normal person because sometimes like it's happened that I've taken a course, for instance, online, just because I really wanted to learn something beautiful. And, and I have to kind of share that in advance. Like I, I, please don't ask me to market this later because then there is that intimacy of me just being there in that community because I love it. It gets lost a little bit because then I feel like, oh, was it real? Do they love me as a person, human being, or do they love me because I'm yoga girl? Is that why I'm so included? You know what I mean? And probably like 90% of the time it is genuine and it is love, but I lose the ability to distinguish the moment someone asks me to plug something on social media. Then I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. So it was just, you guys, you guys get where I'm going. This is sad. I mean, it's sad. I feel like a little, it's like sad that I'm sharing this even, but I get cynical, right? And I struggle with, with trust and with, with knowing what is what. So a lot of things that have happened lately, and I was really yesterday talking to Dennis about this, like we need to have a moment. We just put Leia to bed. We are eating tacos. And I'm like, we need to have a moment and just step back and acknowledge the divine like interventions that we have had over the past couple of weeks, the real true synchronistic moments of grace where I really feel like the universe has stepped in to do a major thing for us, you know, or kind of tiny miracles like sprinkled all around. And the reason I really wanted to acknowledge that is because all of those things, most of those things have been completely social media free. So they've been something where I can totally just lean into, oh, it's not just, it's not just Instagram, right? It's the universe. <laughs> and of course the Instagram is an extension of the universe, but do you know what I mean? So this mold dude, for example, Gary from Colorado, like he's not on social media. The man is barely on the internet and he genuinely out of the kindness of his heart for complete strangers, like came over immediately, spent hours at our house doing this inspection for free took a meeting with us where he went through every single room for free, went back to our house together with a contractor, like builder friend of his to do another inspection of the entire house and go deeper into the roof with Dennis for free. And I'm like, who does this? And I really asked, like, we want to pay you and how can we, how can we repay you or like hire you to do this? Well, and he's just like, no, you know what? Like good people help good people. And you know, I'm not working. I'm in Aruba because I love it here. This is not even a big thing. Like, I'm just happy to help you out, you know? And it's genuine. Like it's so genuine. And I'm just like, oh, there's something about that. Like it's so the kindness there, you know, I could cry a little bit. Honestly, I could cry. <laughs> okay. I'm crying. <laughs> the kindness of complete strangers. And I think what social media has done to me that I wish I could undo that maybe I am undoing a little bit is it's made me a little bit cynical. I think because, because of, because I'm have, I've had for eight or nine years, like an excess 
you know, of people reaching out with kindness and with love, which is like, what a ridiculous issue to have. But then having that majority of that being baked in with someone wants something from me, you know, and a lot of my, I mean, all of my childhood traumas all relate to either being taken advantage of, like a feeling of being taken advantage of, a feeling of being betrayed or a feeling of being abandoned, like having a person or having love and then having it suddenly be taken away. And all of that gets triggered anytime someone like I really think is a genuine person in my life turns around and they want to do a business venture or they want to plug something or they want to, you know, which never happens with like old friends and, and, you know, family and things like that. But I've had it happen a lot. I mean, Dennis and I, we, we started a business with people we thought were really good friends that we met through social media and then found out later that the whole friendship was fake. Like literally, you know, we were targeted because of social media and had those people talk us into starting a business because of social media. And then they tried to steal the business away from us, you know, and we were in a huge like court case and it was like a big another like traumatic thing from many many years ago but having things like that happen you know it kind of damages you you know both him and me like we for sure have trust issues when it comes to (laughs) these kinds of things so it's just been over the last few weeks having all of these moments of genuine grace and genuine kindness that don't relate to anything that have has to do with the internets you know it's been so beautiful like so beautiful and it's kind of reinforcing this, this longing I have to, to throw my phone away sometimes, you know, it's like I go, you guys know already, I go, I'm on this pendulum between, I love this connection. I love being here. I love sharing. I love hearing other people's stories. If I didn't have all the advice and input from people on social media about mold toxicity, I would be sitting, I would still be in my house, probably still poisoning myself through being in that house like reading and hearing from other people's unbelievable stories that have been through the same thing has saved me, you know? So there's that power of social media of, I am not alone. We are in this together. Other people did it this way. Here is advice. Here's experts. Like, let me hold your hand as you're walking through this hard, hard thing. Like that component, which is so unbelievably amazing. And then there's the other component where social media, you know, steals your peace or brings you anxiety sometimes, or makes you compare your life with other people's lives, and makes you feel lesser than, and you know, it can be inauthentic and all this stuff. And I'm really on that pendulum. So, so Gary, the mold guy, did all of these amazing things for us. And we have a a bit of a, a game plan, which is that instead of going for this thing we really couldn't afford, you know, something called a medical remediation, which is something that you only do for people with extreme mold sensitivity and mold, you know, that have suffered from, from extreme mold toxicity. And first of all, I don't know if, like, I don't know what level I'm at yet. I just know I'm sick with mold, but the more stories I hear from other people, you know, it could be so much worse. It could be so much worse. I mean, you could have neurological issues, like there's people who, who've become paralyzed, put into wheelchairs all of a sudden, and then they get, they, they leave the moldy home and they can move again. You know, it's like, if you start looking up the symptoms of people who have and have had mold illness, it's crazy. I mean, people get cancers. It's wild. So the fact that I've just had a few years of like illness and flu-like symptoms and asthma and fatigue and stuff like that, like that's, 
that's okay. Like I'm even like, I'm with this perspective now that I'm, I'm better off than most people having lived in, a, in with toxic mold for eight years. We're pretty certain that the mold was there when we moved in, but the leaks that have become more severe in the last few years since we had more rain, like we're really sure because it's part of like structural issues in, in terms of the house. Like the house is poorly built in certain areas and that's what's happened. So we, we were gonna hire this major American company or we were trying to get quotes from these major companies because no one really does that medical grade level here. And then through Gary, you know, miracle man Gary, he was able to give us this super thorough plan. I mean, he has 30 years of experience doing only mold remediation and basically has made Dennis like put him in a position where he can be in charge of this project together with a local team with a step-by-step process of here's everything that needs to happen. Like we need to redo the roof, for instance, which is a contractor's job, not a mold remediator's job. We have to HEPA vacuum our entire attic and every single inch of the house, you know, tear out or materials that have been moldy and replace them. There are certain parts of the house where we have exposed like concrete or there's like an unsealed cinder block, I guess, that has to be sealed. Like, like we have a game plan now. We know in every room exactly what needs to happen. We've been able to order all the antifungals and all the things that we need so that everything is on its way here. And we now have the experts in each area kind of on board to, to begin. And Dennis is going to project manage this. So just saying this, it's like, okay, last week I was like, how on earth, what on earth, how are we going to be able to do this? How will we afford this? How will we, and now it's like, we have a plan. Like we actually have, we actually have a plan and just having a plan, (laughs) we haven't followed through on it yet. We still don't know like what the end cost of all of this will be and how much that damage that will do to our family, but we have a plan, you know? Like just that, just being able to rest in that. Okay, having a plan means I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, even if the tunnel is really, really long. And even though I don't know where the tunnel is going to lead, honestly, just this has opened up a lot for me in terms of where am I supposed to be? You know, so many people have said like, why don't you move? Like this, isn't this a sign that you're supposed to move? I mean, is there a bigger sign Have you ever heard of a bigger sign to move (laughs) than this? You know, it was in August. I mean, it's coming up like it's almost a year. Man, it's a few months. It's it's a year. But in August 2020, when I was canceled or almost canceled and we experienced a lot of online abuse and hate and things like that here locally, I already then said, okay, I don't know if I want to live here anymore. Maybe, Maybe our chapter in Aruba is done, you know. But then Dennis really, really was so important to him that we didn't move, that we didn't run away. And he was like, if we're going to move, we're going to move because we want to move, because we feel ready to move, not because the island is kicking us out, you know, not because people hate you. Like, that's not no way. And I'm so glad we did that because I, I, I love it here still, you know, I don't feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, I don't feel that like, oh, I want to move because everybody doesn't want me here. No, and it's not true. You know, it's it's not true. But then this happened, right? So I already had those thoughts and I was researching, like, could we live in Sweden? Would we live in Costa Rica? Like, those are our two, two other home countries that feel like home countries, I guess. Like, Costa Rica is our favorite place. It's where I lived for many years. Sweden's where I'm from, of course. So just what are the options there? Like, what would it be like? 
And I keep, you know, I keep having this image. Like I, I, I can close my eyes. And I, I shared that on last week's podcast, this image of a dock on cold water in a forest like this. It's almost like, like that's my goal image. I don't know. There's something about that. And it's cold. Like I can feel that feeling of that's where peace will be, you know, in this, in this, in, in that place. So it doesn't lean toward Costa Rica, right? It sounds a little bit or a lot more like Sweden. So my kind of whole worldview has just opened up. Like even when we fix the house and it's completely remediated and we have to mold test again, you know, and make sure it's all safe. And when that's done, like, do we want to move back in? Because it's not just returning, right? It's moving every item we own back in. We have to move the whole, we have to move out of the house, every item, every piece of furniture, every book, you know, every item we have, we have to pack up and clean before we pack it up. So it's almost like we're going to be packed and ready to go wherever we want to move. If we want to move, you know, you know, have you heard of, of, of any more of like a big ass sign that the universe wants you to move out is other than <laughs> like it's turning out that your entire house, your entire home is toxic. <laughs> it's like, I'm literally pushed from my home. And back in August, I told Dennis again and again, the only thing I feel is keeping me here is because I love our house. I love it. It's the most beautiful place in the whole world. I love our home. I love our home. Like that's why we're here. I can't imagine living anywhere else because that's how much I love our home. Like the property, it's magical. It's, it's one of a kind. And now it's like, okay, well, if I don't have my home and all of my belongings I've had to throw away and what's left, it's packed up. Like, what is, what does that mean? You know, it's like, okay, I could spin a globe and put my finger down somewhere and, and, and decide to, to try to move there or imagine a life there. You know, that's how open our lives are. And it's kind of a trip. Like it's, it's really wild. Like we have Island Yoga here running locally just with local students. We have the cafe open now, just locally, just local people. And both things are running, you know, Corona standards at least really well. And we have no, you know, we don't know when we'll be able to do teacher trainings and retreats. So it's not like even the studio would be keeping us here in that sense. Yeah, I don't know where or what or how, you know, I, I have a hard time envisioning a whole life in Sweden, but my, my, my heart is open. I guess that's a better way to explain it. My heart is open. And I decided, oh my God, do I say this on the podcast? Because if I say it on the podcast, then it's real. And then it's like, I'm going to follow through on this. I decided that I am going to take Leia and go to Sweden. There's, there's just so much in terms of this project. I mean, if, if, I, if I, like you would get so bored if I had to tell you all the moving pieces and all the stages of the house. And I'm so blessed that Dennis wants to take this on because to me, it's so overwhelming. And for me, not being able to be in there, I like to enter the house, I have to wear complete protective clothing, like head to toe, booties, gloves, goggles, cartridge mask, you know, like a chemical mask, all of that. So it's like, I, the plan is I'm going to, I can go in and pack up my things and try to save what we can save. But then other than that, I can't be there. I can't be on site. Like I can't help with anything. I can't, and trying to micromanage things from afar. It's so stressful. I mean, it's so hard. And I have this feeling of like, no, instead of 
staying here in, in an Airbnb, like let's go and, and find that dock somewhere, you know, let's find that dock, let's find that lake or that piece of sea, you know, that's somewhere there that I'm just envisioning. Like, I don't know where it is, but I, I can see it in my mind's eye, you know? So I started researching and I started looking, okay, in a dream world, I would find a place in the forest somewhere. I don't want to be in a city in the forest somewhere with enough privacy, enough land that we can be naked. <laughs> like That's just what I want. I just want to be naked in the woods. Okay. <laughs> that's normal, right? Everybody wants to be naked in the woods. I just want to be able to be naked and have complete privacy and feel totally safe, you know, and I'm envisioning that little dock, like in Swedish, we say brygga, which is not even a dock. Like it's like a tiny little sliver of a pier, like a personal mini pier, basically. And I'm looking and I'm looking, I spent two weeks looking everywhere on every website. Like I'm on Airbnb, I'm on Blocket, I'm on like every, you know, like little Facebook group where people are renting things and I can't find anything. Like I can't find freaking anything. And of course, coronavirus has made everyone want to get out of the city. Everyone who has a summer home in the woods or by, by the sea or by a lake, like they're there right now, you know, or they are renting it to for crazy money. I mean, crazy, like absolutely undoable for us kind of money. And I'm looking and I'm looking and I can't find anything, you know, I really can't find anything. And some super like, yeah, no, I like some places I thought maybe we could swing. No, like I can't find anything. So two days ago, I told Dennis at night, I was like, okay, like it's taking too long. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not able to figure this out. And I'm so stressed staying here. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to go for Stockholm, you know? And of course we have family in Stockholm. We have so many friends in Stockholm. Like we have community there. And some of our, like some of our best friends, oh, Shuba and Talib. Yeah, I had Shuba on the show. You can search for the trauma healing episode and she's she's a guest on the show then but they offered us their apartment in the middle of 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 Stockholm city like how kind is that how unbelievably kind is that and you know I know like they of course make a living from that apartment and Airbnb and they just offered it to us out of the kindness of their hearts and I told Dennis like that that we have this offer from them it's so unbelievably kind like I'm just I'm gonna take it and we'll be in the city and it'll be okay you know Maybe that dock will manifest itself when we're there. I told him that two nights ago. And then I wake up in the morning (laughs) and there's an email in my inbox that says cabin by the sea. (laughs) Like there's an email that says, it says says, cabin by the sea. And I click on it and it's this girl who's randomly writing me, you know. I mean, I'm sure she follows me online or or at least listens to the podcast because I spoke about it last week saying that, hey, I don't know if this is totally out of the blue. You probably found something already. But uh, my mom has a tiny little cabin by the water in the woods and it's available. (laughs) Do you want to rent it? (laughs) I mean, and that's after me spending weeks frantically day and night, you know, looking for something. And then the night before I let go, stop looking, gave up. No, it's not happening. Okay. We're going to be in a city. That's fine. We have a place to stay. Like, Oh my God, that's unbelievable. And then this girl just reaches out and I click on this link and it's that dock. Like that's the dock I saw in my dreams. Like that's, this is it. Like, this is it. I look at the location and I mean, she could have, I mean, she's Swedish. I'm Swedish. So Sweden, Sweden is big. 
people don't know this, but Sweden is, a, is like, it, geometrically, I almost said, geographically, like it's a big, long country, but we don't have a lot of people. Everyone is kind of condensed into the few big cities that we have. So there's so much land in Sweden. She could have been anywhere. This cabin could have been way up north. It could have been a 10-hour drive north, right? Could have been an airplane ride from Stockholm up. Could have been in south of Sweden. I mean, could have been anywhere. And this, the location of this cabin, guess where it is? <laughs> it's around the corner from my dad's house. <laughs> I mean... It's around the corner from my dad's house where my brother lives and where my grandpa lives and where my siblings are. And it's like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, come on, come on. Like, this is a tiny miracle, right? Right, right. And she doesn't know that. Like, my dad's really private person. Like, no one knows where my dad lives. Like, he, he lives in the middle of the woods far away. My brother also lives, uh, he lives even like further, like in Swedish, we will, we would say, it's like out there, <laughs> like he lives out there and this place, it's like, it's just around the corner from where, where they are. And I'm like, this is so meant to be, this is so miraculous. This is so insane. The rent we can afford, it's a tiny cabin um, with like a sleeping loft and it's like perfect. It's perfect for us. Like it's a hundred percent perfect for us. Ringo can come, like they allow pets and it's like. And I found out there's like a mutual, a friend of mine has a friend who knows this girl. And it's like, it's like a, a good feeling, like good people, you know. And I booked it. <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to share this on the podcast because what if something happens? If I speak it out loud, then I'm actually going. You guys, I, I mean, obviously everyone in the world, I haven't been on a plane in years. It's literally been. It's been so long since I was on a plane. I haven't been to Sweden in two years. And when I was there, I was there for 48 hours for one of my best friend's wedding. That's it. Before that was like a year and a half earlier. Like I think Leah was one when we were, it's at least three years ago. We actually spent time in Sweden. Like we were actually there. We were there for the summer, I think 2018. I mean, it's wild. And just the thought, okay, there's so many daunting things about this, right? But the thought of getting on a plane in the middle of, a, of the pandemic, if you're going to judge me, you guys, I know it's so sensitive travel during Corona time. Like if you're going to judge me, you can go ahead and judge me. Like it's okay. You know, I am not judging myself because I'm, I'm not going for vacation and I'm not going like vacation hopping, you know, from this place to that place. Like I'm going to go on this one flight to go to my home country to be there for an indefinite time, right? And we're going to be mega responsible, of course, traveling, but it's daunting. Like I get really nervous and it's scary to me, the idea of, of traveling at Corona times. So going there and I'm going alone because Dennis is going to have to stay at least another, yeah, another month or yeah, until the project is well enough going that he can actually step away. We don't really know when that's going to happen. So he won't be coming right away. And then the idea of just being in Sweden, you know, like when you haven't left where you are in so long, like what's that going to be like? Like, oh my God. Also, I have some like challenging, you know, relationship dynamics in Sweden. I don't know how that's going to, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. But then I feel this feeling in the bottom of my belly, just thinking about being in the forest with my daughter. 
<laughs> you guys can hear it, right? You hear it in my voice. Like I, I just teared up the, the, the feel, the thought of being in the forest. Oh my God. I'm going to hug so many trees. <laughs> I'm going to hug so many trees. I'm not even really like that excited to see anybody. <laughs> I'm like really excited to go and be in a tiny cabin in the middle of nowhere in the woods, right? Like I'm so excited to be in nature. I really am to drink tea in nature and be with tea in nature and be in the woods with my daughter. Like I, wow. So I booked this for the end of this month. That's April. It's like what, three weeks away which has put a big deadline on all the work that has to get done. It's put a massive timeline into place of like how things have to go, which I think in a way is good so that I don't drag this out too far and, you know, that we actually get moving on, on certain things. But how amazing are these miracles, right? Another miracle, I mean, these were the big ones, Gary the mold dude and then this house appearing out of the blue around the corner from my dad's house. But another example is like, Yesterday, the, 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 the company or the guy that's going to redo the roof, the, the head main guy from this roof company that we found that we were recommended from someone and then they recommended us another place. It's like we found this roof guy, I don't through a weird way. And then it said he was on top of the roof yesterday looking at the scope of work to redo the whole roof with this guy. And all of a sudden the guy goes, hey, are you Dennis from Salad Skate Shop? <laughs> And Salad Skate Shop was Dennis's skate shop from many years ago. You know, Dennis and his friend Kato opened the skate shop. And very few people, it's like they had a very close, small, tight-knit community of skaters, you know, in Aruba. He was like, yeah, I used to shop with you guys all the time. Like, wow, I thought that was you. And then Dennis remembers this guy and he's like, what? Like, it's like so, and he's like, it's so intimate somehow that he has this relationship with that guy. And he's a super kind, really, 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 really nice guy. And all around this project, like, even though it's been so hard and challenging and the idea of tomorrow, yeah, I'm going to share in a second what tomorrow is <laughs> so you can understand a little bit of what a day in the life of this kind of mold crisis is like. The idea of a lot of this is so daunting and heartbreaking. And we're losing so much, like there's so much loss in this. I mean, in, in a big sense, like loss of our house, loss of our home, loss of all of our savings, loss of all of our funds, loss of sanity, you know, loss of safety, maybe loss of this island. I don't know if we end up having to move somewhere else. But in it all, there have been so many of these little miracles trickled in. You know, there's been so much beauty in it, so much genuine kindness, so much support, so many beautiful people along the way, so many guiding hands kind of shepherding us forward, you know, and that part, it's just, I'm sitting with that every day, just the, 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 the grace that's also here, which for me means that we are moving in the right direction. Like there's, there's a purpose in this. There is a purpose in this. Every day we take another step forward to eventually getting to that purpose. You know, I don't know what it is. I don't know what kind of life we will have after this. I mean, if it means we go completely broke, you know, that, that's a, a big possibility. You know, there's a lot of, lot, of, lot of bad things that could be the end result of this. But I have this feeling of like, it's purposeful. 
It's bringing us somewhere. Otherwise, we wouldn't have all of these synchronistic things happen. We wouldn't have all of these moments of, oh my God, yes, thank you. You know, <laughs> so I'm trusting now. That's the difference between last week when I think I was crying mostly the whole podcast and now is that I can trust. I can trust. I can trust. So uh, tomorrow <laughs> is going to be the first day where I am going to spend the whole day at the house in head-to-toe protective gear. You know, every time you enter, I've been inside one time in all of this. No, I went in to grab something, like a five-second grab, keys, I think. And then I was in there for the inspection with, with Gary, the mold dude. And after that, I felt, I felt really terrible. My symptoms right now, I mean, I'm much better the last three days, but I had that a week ago too. I was much better, and then I have a bad week, and then I have a good week, and then I have a bad week. That's kind of how it goes. So I'm not holding on to the expectation that I'm going to feel better and better every day in this linear way. I still have a lot of phlegm. <laughs> I wake up every morning, you know, choking on my own phlegm. I vomit almost every day because of phlegm that's coming out of my body. Like I have severe, I guess it's severe. Of course it's, yeah, <laughs> vomiting phlegm. I'm sure that's, that would count as a severe <laughs> symptom. I'm also getting a lot of body aches now, which is a detox symptom that you get aches and pains in your legs and things like that. I have sinus and ears and that stuff, but my energy is better my attitude, my mental state is better. So that's good. And I'm coughing. I'm almost not coughing at all, honestly, only when I need to get phlegm up, but I'm not like coughing throughout the day. So yeah, that's my little, men little like <laughs> health update. But so I'm, I'm nervous to go back to the house because I don't want to re-trigger bad symptoms, right? I really don't. I don't want to re-expose myself to mycotoxins, but I have to pack up the house. Like I cannot leave that for anybody else. There's no one else that can do it. I mean, and I love my husband, but if I would leave him alone to discard of things that we have to discard of, like nothing would get thrown away. He would be like, we can, everything is cleanable. So I think I'll have to probably uh, do another episode about how to clean things from mold, what I've learned. I have to also ask permission. We've been working with this consultant. Her name is PJ Harlow. You can find her on Instagram. She's been so helpful along the way, kind of giving us like a blueprint of how to clean things from the house. And I need to ask her permission if I'm allowed to share any of that because it's her, yeah, it's her, it's her work, right? But basically I have to put on all this, yeah, this toxic, like full on hazmat head to toe suit, go into the house and then decide on, like go from room to room and really with that unbelievable critical eye, like basically imagining like there's a fire in this house right now. <laughs> what am I grabbing? can grab one thing from this room like what is that most essential item that I cannot live without you know like I shared a few weeks ago I think like I have a letter from my best friend that she wrote me right before she died it's like one of the most sacred things that I own paper is really hard to clean mold and mycotoxins off of there's a you know porous items like raw wood and paper and things like that. It's like impossible to clean basically, but I can try and you can have it tested. There's different ways, but you know, I have some crystals and sentimental items and nostalgic things that I really want to try to save. If they're non-porous, like they have a, a clear surface, then you can in a really particular, extremely time consuming and hard process, wipe them down and clean them from mycotoxins. But it's so complicated 
and every item you try to clean will be a risk factor, right? Like what if you don't clean it and you bring mycotoxins with you into the next phase of your life? you'll continue to be sick, right? So it's basically finding just the essentials, just what we need. And then we're going to take that outside on the pool deck, if that's our plan, and categorize it. And we're going to have a little assembly line to clean. And then after that, it's going to be throwing everything away. <laughs> and I mean, I, uh, oh, I could cry just thinking about that, throwing everything away. I wish we could sell. And this is like becomes an ethical question, you know, I would much prefer to give, of course, everything away. Like everything in our home is beautiful and useful and perfect and amazing. But you don't want to bring mold into another person's house, even if that person doesn't care about mold because they don't know. Now that I know what I know, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. I have friends who are like, I don't care. I want that. You're going to get rid of that? What? That's amazing. Like I have dresses, like amazing gowns, you know, that I've had for some event or whatever that are dry clean only. You can clean clothes in extremely high heat. Each item you need to clean at least three cycles with different kinds of additives and laundry boosters and things like that. So dry clean items you can't save, you have to throw away. And I have friends who are like, oh my God, what? You're going to throw that dress away? Are you crazy? I will wear it. I don't care about mold. And I'm like, well, I care about you. I care about you. I don't want you to get poisoned with mold because you like this dress, you know, and the waste of it all. It's like, I cannot begin to even process the waste of it all. But, um, the clothes that we can clean clothes, I I, are, most of them are going to be good, but all shoes, all jackets, I mean, mattresses, all bedding, I mean, everything, all of Leia's stuffed animals, everything, everything, everything that's porous, that can't be cleaned, we have to throw away. So that process, which I don't know how much we'll get to tomorrow, but it's going to be emptying our house for the next three weeks. That's the process, emptying our house, losing everything except the most essential things. And then I guess it's a new life, right? I guess it's a new life. Just uncrossed my legs and planted my feet on the earth, sitting up really tall. I have done hard things before. I have lost what I thought was my entire life and started over. I've done that before. No, I've lost people and loved ones that I thought I could not take another breath without and took another breath still, you know. I've done hard things. I can lose everything I own. I can lose my home. I can do hard things. And I know because I've done it before. (sighs) Thank you so much for listening today. (laughs) The mold saga continues. We'll see if in a couple of weeks I'm recording (laughs) from a dock next to cold water in the woods in Sweden. I don't know. We'll see if next week I'm sitting here bawling my eyes out because I've decided I can't do hard things and this is impossible and we're all going to die and life is over. I don't know. I don't know. But right here, right now, I trust. You can do hard things too. Remember, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, You have that ability to plant your feet on the ground and remind yourself that you are right here. You can do this. You've done it before.
let's have a strong week. Okay? Strong week. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, thank you to my sponsors. Please support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoyed this show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see you next week.